Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Well, there was some fair there, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi everyone, I'm Kama, and you can find me at Grammar Saves Lives on Tumblr. And tonight I'm joined by Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky Chickren on Tumblr. And Guile. Hi, I'm Guile, Guile and Subterfuge on Tumblr. And Joy. Hi, I'm Joy, and you can find me at Fiction is My Way Through Life on Tumblr. And lastly, by Argastar. Hi, I'm Argastar, and you can find me in Argastar on Tumblr. Okay, so um, tonight we're going to cover uh, Catelyn 2 from A Storm of Swords. And uh, we start out, Cat is still under house arrest in what, I'm sorry, it's a very nice prison. I mean, if you <laughs> get over the fact that her father is dying in the room below. But otherwise, smell of death, smell of death. <laughs> pretty awesome. <laughs> Um, and the other big problem is uh, no one will talk to her. Uh, the maester only shows up to basically attend to her father, and he's not sharing any info. Um, so she's very relieved when um, she hears the kennels, the dogs in the kennels going crazy and knows that uh, it means Rob and Grey Wind and assorted uh, liege lords have all returned to liver, uh, River Run. And... Uh, I'm, I'm, you can tell she's, she's very excited by all of this. Uh, Basically, it sounds like, um, Hoster, the only thing he's saying periodically is tansy and begging for forgiveness, which, you know, has to be kind of tough. Um, and she's been, the only, only other thing that's kept her going is, um, I can't stand these names. Uh, Robin Riger, Riger, (laughs) um, came back without Jamie, um, and Brienne, so she knows they're still out there, and you know that means hopefully love, she'll get her daughters back. I love how it mentions that they're all wet when they come back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, you know she's excited. Rob's back and all that, except um, she <laughs> catches sight of uh, Perwin Frey and Martin Rivers. Um, I guess they're like trampling. Rob's banner and they're riding off and there's arguing and she's not quite sure what's going on. And, um, I guess her first thought is that Edmure must have, you know, done something. I, I love the confidence. Of course she it has is. In younger brother. <laughs> like automatically it must be Edmure. Edmure, you screw up. So the theme of the chapter. Yeah. Yeah. Edmure getting much. blamed for shit. He has no business getting blamed for. Yeah, you know, I gotta say, I mean, I get, she really, it's, it's, it's fascinating to me throughout these chapters, how it's automatically always Edmure's fault. He always screws mm-hmm. up. It's always his fault. And it's like, you know, no, I don't know that that's necessarily always true. As the and youngest sibling, she, it makes complete sense to me that he would be blamed for everything. So, <laughs> this is true. Um, but anyhow, um, he... So she figures she's going to get called down to to see Rob, and uh, she goes. I I love the confidence that she has that Rob will talk to her. Like she never, she's like he'll talk to me at least. He'll talk to me. It's great when she takes a bath and like gets dressed, like before anyone tells her anything. Like she's ready to go. Yeah. Well, I mean, she is a mother. She does. She has known him for you know pretty much uh, 16, 16 uninterrupted years. So, I mean, there is a certain amount of, yeah, I know what's going to happen, but yeah, I, it is, she is very confident. Um, and she goes down and she's excited to see, uh, her uncle Blackfish on the dais. Um, but she's puzzled by these other people. <laughs> and before we get to these other people, um, the passage I wanted to read a, aloud was um, this one where 
she uh, she thinks Rob stood on the dais. He is a boy no longer, she realized with a pang. He is 16 now, a man grown. Just look at him. War had melted all the softness from his face and left him hard and lean. He had shaved his beard away, but his auburn hair fell uncut to his shoulders. The recent rains had rusted his mail and left brown stains on the white of his cloak and surcoat, or perhaps the stains were blood. On his head was the sword crown they had fashioned. I think that's the wrong word. They had fashioned him of bronze and iron. He bears it more comfortably now. He bears it like a king. (laughs) Okay, so honestly, I was just sitting here going, she's realizing that he's not a virgin anymore. (laughs) Yeah, oh my God. (laughs) My, My son got laid. Right? Oh my God. Um, there's something different about him. I can't put my finger on it. <laughs> I just love that she's like, he's so royal. Yeah, he royally screwed up. That's what he did. <laughs> That's yeah. that too. <laughs> of epic proportion. It's so funny uh-huh. how she sees, you know, she sees Admir as like the screw up little brother. And, you know, she can never see any change in him, but she is willing to, you know, she's willing to see like these positive changes in Rob, you know, like, oh, Rob has yeah. grown up, but Edmure is still that same, you know, little boy that screwed up. And Edmure has to be, like, what, 30, 35? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no. She's no, not in his 20s. Yeah, he's still yeah. in his 20s. Yeah, but he is, I mean, and I'm thinking 16, oh, my God, I work with students, and trust me, 16 is not a man growing anything. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> not even a man growing a beard. Yeah, I know. Um, so there's the greeting. It's very formal. They immediately go with the whole mother's grief thing. That's why she did it. And it seems like he seems to forgive her. And then, um, and I, I am using, um, Giles notes. So I'm going to quote her now for the Lord Jackass Karstark, which I never would have (laughs) thought of. Um, but he is very upset because his sons and uh, he's yelling at her. I just, I've had it up to here with him and it just is so fucking irritating because if anything, he should be thanking Kat for giving him the opportunity to actually avenge his sons in a societally acceptable way. Like your kids (laughs) died in, you know, perfectly legal way in your society. So just shut the fuck up. Like, I get that he's in grieving, but my God, like, is he the only person that ever lost children in this war? That's what he acts like. I just, I mean, I would have killed him right now just because he's that irritating. (laughs) (laughs) No, I definitely am with you. It's just so annoying because you're like, this guy is not the only person who's lost someone in the year they've just spent sort of... Right. They've... They've been wasting time. So it's like, on the one hand, I can be, I would be super irritated, not on a revenge level, on a, you let the the who go now, what, when? No, you can't do this to us. But the whole revenge, 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 it's like, I'm sorry, are you the only person in Westeros who's lost sons before? Yeah, it's like, like, it's like, like he, it's like he thinks that if he kills Jamie, it will somehow miraculously resurrect his two sons. Well, and there's also an implication that you know she's got daughters. Big deal. They're not sons, which I do get. But at the same time, I'm like, ah, dude. <sighs> well, the thing yeah, is, but- it, it's legit for some of Rob's lords to be angry about this. Yeah. I mean, like. They're, oh, yeah. they're the ones who are going to pay the price. I mean, you, you get you get the anger, but yeah, Karstark is just being ridiculous. And like Guile said, and this is the funny thing about the books, is he just has no leg to stand on. His sons were killed in battle. I mean, it could have been anyone on the other side who killed them. I, I mean, mean, it happened yeah. to be Jamie. They were killed in but, the most honorable way possible in their society. Like, if you yeah. know, if anyone found any glory in their deaths, like, that's what they had. They died protecting their king. You know, yeah, I mean, it just I, something just occurred to me. I mean, he knows about what Rob's done. He's got it. He can't be the only Northern Lord bitter about this whole big mess, right? Right. He but can't he be mad at Rob, at least not easily, 
he can be mad at Catelyn. They hate taking out, yeah. Make, making her sense. an acceptable target. Yeah. He was yeah. bitching about this long before. Oh, right, yeah, no, you know, I so. agree. But I think it's like he's probably one of those guys who complains about everything to begin with. Oh, I mean, I'm not sure. that, of course, 100% I mean, losing children, I, I am complainer. not saying that's not bad. But. Right, but he probably makes a big deal about, you know, he lost his shoe. And it's, you know, he's yeah. the only person that's ever lost a boot in the history of in the history of the world. And, oh, my God, he lost his boot and he won't shut up about losing his damn boot. <laughs> okay, so here's the big question. Why did the show whitewash Karstark? What was their goal? Why did they, why did they why did they have to make it more legit for him to be mad at Jamie? What I don't think did they do again. I blank out season three all the time. Well, Jamie, they had Jamie screwed up a lot of things in this particular storyline. Cough, cough, Talisa, cough, cough. Yeah, right. As soon as Talisa, they got married, I was just like, and I'm gone. I know the kid was the guard that Jamie killed when he was trying to escape from. Oh, from his cave yeah. in the, so in the Jamie, show. like strangles him from behind or something, I yeah. think, on the show. And, well, I, and because in the show, it's not Tyrion that tried to break Jamie out. It was just Jamie, sort of, he killed his cousin and then. Yeah. Well, Tyrion isn't even to, around in, in the show. I mean, no, it's like. Um, no, because in the books, the reason why um, there was an issue before she let him go is that. Tyrion tried to, like, he sent basically mercenaries, like, yeah. disguised yeah. as messengers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it had nothing so, to do with Karstark. That was just yeah, you know, the no, reason why Jamie's in the dungeon random. instead of a nice, you know, next in the mm-hmm. room next to Cat, which, boy, we could do some shipping on that, couldn't we? Never <laughs> <laughs> oh, miss an opportunity, do you? Yeah, well, I mean, neither were they. I, just saying. I was going to. God. Well, there, there were, weren't there rumors? Oh, so many rumors. <laughs> so There's many r- rumors about threesomes and the well, real yeah. reason why Kat let him free was because he'd seduced yeah. her and blah, blah, blah. I don't know why. Why would they? I don't know. I mean, the show has just never been very good. I think they, they've decided Jamie's a villain. I think mm. there's that. And so I and think, it, yeah, the whole thing is Jamie's a villain. So then when he does something good, it'll be shocking. And they've like built the whole character on like this one moment of shock they're going to have mm. instead of like think... showing why it's happening. You yeah. just kind of summed up a lot of my problems with the show in that one sentence. They do things to shock. Yeah, there's not also, a lot of. Yeah, I just think they have a fundamental misunderstanding of certain things. Yeah about Westeros in general, because this chapter gives a completely reasonable uh, way for Catelyn to not actually think about how badly she fucked up. Oh, yeah, totally. Whereas on the show, they had to have her in irons for what? How many episodes was it? Was it, it, was was it up endless. until the Red Wedding? They dragged her. He had her dragged around. Rob did. They go to Heron Hall. She's in irons. I mean, it didn't end. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think like this Car Stark, like like you were saying, he's the guy. He gets a hangnail, and it's the worst hangnail anyone's ever had, and he's that guy. But I do think he can be. I think. I think George is having him sort of resemble or represent the the growing discontent with Rob. And it's like, Catelyn, you can yell at Catelyn. You don't have, you know, he can get away with it. Also, I think he's just that kind of a um, shitty dude. So that, you know, he would blame a woman. Well, isn't isn't that something that one of them says is like, where is it? Where is it? Um, it was a mother's folly. Women are made that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think, too, they're, like, obviously, oh, it's the woman's, it's the soft heart of a woman, oh, for love. And, you know, they're obviously doing that because, you know, that's the argument that Rob's going to be using himself. Like, he's, you know, right. definitely mm-hmm. like, oh, it's just love. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good segue. Uh, hang on. Sorry. I'm trying to keep all my ducks in a row here. Do we have Joy? Yep. I'm back. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. Um, so, <laughs> there are all these people on the dais, and she, of course, is not really sure who they are. Um, she notes a few things about them. Um, she recognizes the sigil as being a, of a lesser house, but she's not really sure who they are. Oh, God, and it's so telling that she doesn't even know who they know are who by they the side are. of her yeah. sigil. But basically, they um, Rob decides that he's going to talk to her and his um his, you know, uncle alone and, uh, or uncles, I should say. And basically everyone leave. And, uh, I guess mage Mormont, you know, is, is she would have totally done the same thing. Great. John's fine with it, but the other Lords are really, they're not, they're not exactly warm. I love, but, I love mage Mormont in that moment too, yeah. where she's like, yeah, I'd have done the same fucking thing. And I love that it's so, like if Cersei had, you know, Cersei Lannister had two of my daughters. Like it's very like vengeancey against Cersei, which I always appreciate. Oh yeah. <laughs> so Rob introduces Cat to basically his in-laws, uh, who are the Westerlings and the Spicers, and um, he's well, he doesn't say they're his in-laws, and Cat really has no idea what the hell's going on. And then fine, finally, you know, there's Jane and the boom is lowered. <laughs> and I think it's to her credit that she like instantly recognizes, oh, my God, he is fucked up in the worst possible way. But she's still polite. Oh, yeah. And, you know, um, and then they all take off and. Uh, well, it's interesting to see, like, the you know, the like the Westerling kids like you have. You know, who will, you know, we'll kind of get to know a little bit, or we know, you know, some of the tragedy that happens to him, where we have, you know, the littlest one, Roland, they, George mentions how he starts to kneel, and then he notices that no one else is kneeling, and then he bows, and how, you know, Reynold, like, grabs him and takes him by the hand when they leave, um, you know, when they leave the room. So you have, like, these boys who are clearly, you know, like, really nice, really nice boys, and you have, you know, Jane, who we, who we get to know, and it's just kind of funny how... These seemingly like lovely children <laughs> come from such horrible parents. I was going to say, and then we have the mother. Yeah, I I do love that as all of this is going through Cat's head, she does manage to note that <laughs> Jane has good childbearing hips, <laughs> and it's yeah. like I gotta love it. Well, um, it's, it's important. It is, but it's sort of like it's the whole thought process. Like it, it, like at first she's like, "Oh, you're a baby," you know, so so much for a man grown. And then she's like, "Uh, you're a promise to another." And then it's sort of like, "Oh my God, you fucked up." Although she does not say it in those words, or think it in those words. Um, I would have been thinking it in those words. I think that's what I'm interpreting it to. Um, and then Rob, of course, tells his story about how he had to, you know. Jane comforted him and he had to, uh, for her honor, he had to marry her. And, you know, he's like, Oh God. So, um, I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, this is such a, I mean, there's, there's so much awkwardness here and I love how (laughs) Kat just knows she's hamstrung because of what she did. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and like she's she's probably just sitting there going Rob's probably glad that I let Jamie go so that he did not have to get chewed out right now for what he did. <laughs> I mean like it's 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 one of those really bad moments but the thing about being in Cat's head is Cat gets everything that it means, you know, completely and utterly in a way that clearly Rob Has did not, not get. <laughs> you know. And I I don't think still doesn't get. Yeah. I'd argue Even- that he has had much longer to understand what he's done. And he, I don't think he still gets all the ramifications. Whereas I think she does in like the space of two minutes. Well, I think, you know, she knows the phrase basically. Yeah. I've I've always considered that basically the, the very moment that Rob lost, there was Mm -hmm. no other outcome Mm -hmm. for him. Once he, once he married Jane Westerling, he was screwed. 
I know it comes up a little bit later in the chapter, but there's, I can't think of who, maybe it was the great John who, you know, when the phrase are thrown a shit fit, suggested that they just attack him. And I was like, hmm, you know, that would have been interesting if they just, like, <laughs> went after and wiped out some of the phrase and, you know, basically put him back in line or put, you know. And, I mean, how would Roos have reacted to that? Like, I feel like Roos would have been like, yeah, oh. you know, this is this might work out. Like, him showing that kind of, you know, kind of irrational strength actually might have might have worked out. I mean, it's hell of risky, but who knows? Well, I mean, See? there are far more frays, and you'd have to you'd have to consider <laughs> all the other. It's a complicated mess. I mean, because there's the whole the Tullys and, I, and everything. I mean, you, you I just at one play hand, the king card. Like, like we're, I'm the king, and you know, I can fucking do what I want. And if you guys don't fall in the line, I'm going to kill you. I almost feel like I almost feel like I agree with Argostar in that the minute he married her, it's almost like those old fashioned choose your own adventure books yeah. where you do it, you turn the page, you know, 32 and, and you're dead, you know, but you have a point, Guile. I think it's possible that maybe that was the other option. Sorry, so, sorry, Joy, I saw you trying to break in there. What were you going to say? Oh, sorry. No, I was about to say, um, I don't think so simply because either way he's lost the phrase as a part of his army. <coughs> so all he has left now is the, the shambled Riverlands and the rest of the North Army who, who like, he's already had to sacrifice quite a, a few portions of it already. So it doesn't matter because the numbers just don't work for, for Rob. And... Yeah. There's just absolutely no... I mean, frankly, even uh, if he hadn't... Even if he married a Frey, I'm not sure that anything yeah. works out for him. He, <laughs> I he's mean, still kind of screwed. As soon as the Tyrells are on the other side, you're screwed. Because there's oh. just... It's the Lannisters plus the, the Tyrells. Like, well, and the Greyjoys are what, not, you Notwithstanding, know, yeah. And the Greyjoys are The Greyjoys are what really screw him. Is, you know, he... Yeah. yeah he's He's trapped. But I think it's fascinating. I like, you know, Catelyn's like, yeah, your wife is beautiful. He's going through and she's pointing out these things and, and these. And she's like, well, how many swords, you know, did your bride come with? And he's got like 50. Okay. And then, and then there's like, it. she's like, and he's like, well, I thought we could marry some of them off to this and that. And, um. It's like, it's so much like a little kid, like, well, we could do this, mom. And, and she's like, in fact, it's funny because she just, she right, right away goes, um, I think he wants to marry like one of the Manderleys will take a, you know, a fray and some Great of the John umbers, needs and a new like, wife. New one's a fray. Come and get a fray. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and she's like, he uh. is not reasonable, reasonable, said Catelyn. He is proud and prickly to a fault. You know that. He wanted to be grandfather to a king. You will not appease him with the offer of two hoary old brigands and the second son of <laughs> like the fattest the, man yeah. in the Seven Kingdoms. <laughs> not only have you broken your oath, but you've slighted the honor of the twins by choosing a bride from the lesser house. And then immediately he's like, well, they're a very old family. And it's like, oh my God, Rob. Yeah. You tell these things. You just want to ten, kind of take him by the shoulders and just look him straight in the eye and be like, no, Rob, no, honey, yeah. no, bad, wrong, poor decision-making skills right in that moment. Yeah, and, well, yeah. And it, but it's such a fait accompli. I mean, you kind of get why, like, the Blackfish and everybody else is just like, well, we just have to accept this because there's nothing we can do about it. <laughs> It's like they could annul the marriage, but the thing is, it would make Rob look so much even stupider <laughs> if they did that. They're just stuck. Like they've I mean, just they got to make the her. best of this. Wow, no, I, I definitely think they should have annulled. I sh someone should have like, <laughs> like, you know, I'm thinking like the Blackfish because he's so eager to gang up on Edmure, and I'm like, but like, what were you? What was going through his head when the next day Rob was like, oh, I'm going to marry random girl number three here. That's it. Why didn't one of these lords who surely know how the world works sit him Stop down him. and go, look, you can fuck her. You don't need to marry her. 
yeah. you pair off. That's but what you that's do in this problem, situation. Though, that, and go like though. It's it's Rob's honor, and he's he feels honor bound to do right by her. Oh but yeah. You know, I, I it, that's a really good question though. I get the sense that if someone had explained to him, yeah, this is not how this goes down. Yeah. And I mean, I these are not weak guys. I mean, it's not like he's, you know, listening to somebody who was like, you know, or one of the lords, lord so and so. I mean, you're talking about the Blackfish. You're talking about, um, great John. Great John. Yeah. <laughs> right. Big these guys men. fuck. I mean, I don't know who they fuck, but you know that they fuck, and like you know that they're not marrying everybody they sleep with. Mm-hmm. And this is this is kind of the thing that kills me is it's like, why didn't anybody tell him? Yeah, we know your honor, whatever here. But I mean, like, this is not even a foreign thing for a Stark. I mean, we know that Brandon Stark did exactly this. I mean, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's it's and not his it's not father has thing. a bastard. His father has a yeah. bastard. So oh he can God. never, it's ever. Not. And it's like, oh, God, it is not that difficult. Like. I feel like if someone just went, okay, Robbie, sit down. <laughs> Let me explain to you how oaths work. Yeah. No, or basically, the, you can have her, you know, if she get you, these are your options, but you don't marry her. And I think he did fall in love with her, though, like the way he talks about her. And I mean, it could be just like, you know, she's the first girl he had sex with. So he's, you know, going to fall in love with her because that's what a Stark would yes. do. Well, and he's but, a 16-year-old right. boy, but and I, I, I get this. I do think that he, you know, I I think that he, you know, he loves her. She loves him. Like, they're in love, and they're being, you know, he's being incredibly stupid, but, you know, he's... Well, I'm I mean, very my, selfish. My thing is, he's already learned how to overrule his heart at this point. I mean, like, if he can leave, you know, Sansa at least, and possibly Arya, they don't know where Arya is, in the hands of the Lannisters and not trade Jaime for her or them... He, he knows how to, you know, put his emotional feelings aside for mm-hmm. the sake of being a leader and a king. And it is something that he knows. And this is entirely just some weird honor bound thing he's got because yeah. he's mad at Ned for having sired John and having a bastard. Like, it's kind of the feeling you get is that he has a resentment against Ned for having had a bastard, which is just, you know, I don't know well, if this is a weird outpouring of the way that, you know, he felt well, John maybe was treated. He's mad at his father for getting this, you know, like not a, it's not a rational thing I'm thinking, but like that sort of like mad at his father for getting caught and killed, you know, all those things that if he like hadn't have done John this, the, I'd be. Yeah. Or putting John in the position to be like this lesser, you know, this lesser person in his own house. And like, yeah. you know, be having to go to the wall and like having to live, you know, having to live that well, life. and having to grow up so fast and go and, you know, lead armies and kill people. And you know what? But it's like, John can't be the only bastard that they are aware of. I mean, they must no, know. I mean, I'm not bastard. even saying yeah, I mean, the Martin rivers. They've been hanging out be... with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, I mean, it I being, black, being a noble you know, bastard is not Walder. as good. Well, no, Black Walder is not a bastard, but it's not as good as being legitimate. But you can be a noble bastard and have a pretty decent life. It doesn't mean that you are, you know, right. down in the. She's not know, necessarily going to get pregnant life. either. You know, I mean, it's not like no. stark magical sperm here. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I cut Rob some slack. I do because he's so young. But on the other hand, I'm just like. Well, if he can, you know, have the restraint not to, you know, trade Jamie to get his sisters back because that's, you know, an emotional thing for him and that's that's a family love or a feeling, then why can't he do the same thing with the Jane thing? That's that is kind of where it hangs up for me. It's like, well, then you're going to have to be dishonored. You're the guy who slept with a girl and dumped yeah. her. I mean, you know, deal with it. You're a king. That's well, what you got to do. Well, and plus, you know, in in similar time periods, betrothals were considered as binding as an actual marriage. So <laughs> you you can say yeah. that the phrase this is where it's too bad have that he didn't beef. Yeah, I mean this they, is where it's they, too bad that he didn't ha- like he didn't have one of the girls picked out, you know, so it's still somewhat vague. Yeah, and keep in mind too, he made a marriage pact for Arya with the freaking phrase too and he kind of laughed Without at that. Thought. Didn't care, you know. Yeah, no. And he laughed well they were kind of like funny about it. You know, <laughs> she won't like that. Well, actually he didn't laugh. That's a show thing. Yeah. But wasn't he like, well, he was more like, well, she won't like that very much, but he was still ready yeah. to do it. Exactly. Without a second thought, really. 
So do it to Edmure. (laughs) Yeah. He will actually make Edmure do it. I think a lot of this, I mean, it's the selfish, I mean, honestly, like if you really look at this whole saga, so much of this happens because of teenagers and their hormones. (laughs) Seriously, the whole Liana thing, Brandon, all this shit happens because there are a bunch of 16, 15 year old kids running around. And Liza, the whole thing. Yeah, it's. I really think that's that's George has something against teen spirit or whatever, but you know, I think that's damn that's kids. part of it. Get off my yeah. lawn. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, what else is going on here? Um, Catelyn is concerned that Grey Wind is not with him, and uh, Rob. Rob is all, well, you know, my new bride doesn't like the dog. Uh, well, I know Grey Wind is the wolf. Um, and apparently Grey Wind is not really fond of, are we supposed to pronounce it Rolf or Ralph? I've always thought of Rafe? it as Rolf. Spicer. And immediately, Mr. Spicer. <laughs> and immediately, um, Catelyn is like, oh, you got to send him away. And she is... I, I love how she is, a, you know, not the northerner, but she is totally Good. cottoned on to the fact that these da- or these direwolves have a spiritual connection to her children. Whereas Rob doesn't seem to care anymore. Well, I think, um, he, you know, it's, oh, well, Brandon and Brandon Ricken had the wolves and it didn't stop Theon from killing them. Like, he's a little yeah. not buying into it anymore. Well, doesn't he say something crazy like, I'm not a wolf? Yes. Is, wasn't wasn't that line in, in here somewhere? Yeah. I love that I that's not crazy. I'm <laughs> no not a wolf. That's crazy, Doc. Yes, you are. <laughs> well, you know what I mean, though? He's a he's he's from a house with a dire wolf sigil. I mean, it's weird for him to say, I'm not a wolf, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, it's right here. It says, she goes, uh, a hall is no, or he says, a hall is no place for a wolf. He gets restless. You've seen growling and snapping. I should never have taken him into battle with me. He's killed too many men. To fear them now. Jane's anxious around him and he terrifies her mother. Well, there you go. And there's the heart of it, Catelyn thought. He is a part of you, Rob. To fear him is to fear you. Uh, I am not a wolf, no matter what they call me. Rob sounded cross. And then it goes on from there. Uh, but it's um, like heavy the crown, metaphor here. Yeah, the crown kind of wearing heavy on him there. Like he just, you know, mm-hmm. wants well, to be and a like, boy. He, he's, not, he's not the savage who would leave Jane after, you yeah. know, sleeping with her. Uh, you know, well, he's the fact he's, that the dog does, or that I keep calling it a dog. I mean, they're massive. <laughs> the, the dire wolf doesn't like uh, Sybil right there. Oh, yeah. It's not good. Or, or her brother. Or her brother. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's, I have read that Martin th- regretted not giving Rob a POV. And I do kind of <clears throat> wonder because. You yeah, see it with Arya that. and Bran, and to a very lesser extent with, um, well, with John certainly, and a little bit with Sansa, that they do feel this affinity for their direwolves, and I kind of wonder if he's just, you know. No, I think he well, absolutely he seems to does. Have before I this mean, point, yeah. That you know, Greywind leads him through that hidden pass in the Westerlands, and ever you know. So I mean, he definitely, and just you yeah. know. Just the way that Grey Wind, like, obviously hates his enemies and, um, you know, has affection for the people. Like, you know, like Reynold Westerling, mm-hmm. he totally gets along with them. Like, Grey Wind yeah. knows, you know, the kids are fine. It's, you know, mom and the uncle who are horrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I guess the hormones are are clouding Rob's connection with the dire wolf. <laughs> well, I think it must be. It's, I think it's supposed to be. It's kind of like Sansa. Rob is losing his wolf. And yeah. mm-hmm. this is going to be his undoing, basically. So we find out a little bit more about Edmure um, and then Rob and uh, the Blackfish just tear into him because he disobeyed orders. He was only supposed to hold was it River Run and he wasn't supposed to do anything else. And Edmure did other things and that upset their grand plans. And I know Guile gets very upset about this and I can't. <laughs> blame them exactly or, or I, I agree with Guile here because it's like nobody bothered to tell Edmure what the plan was yeah if there was a yeah. grand plan in the works don't you think maybe they should have clued him in since he was a part of it yeah 
I just think I it's mean, Kat's attitude rubbing off on Rob. Like, Kat, both Kat and the Blackfish are like, oh, Ed Muir, you know, he's such a pain. Just simple just simple plans with, the, with him. So I think, I think that yeah. rubbed off on him. Well, I think they also know they're screwed, and they're, like, looking for a scapegoat, and Ed Muir is really <laughs> convenient. <laughs> Well, it's well, sort of like Karstark. I mean, Karstark can yell at Cat and he can't yell at Rob. And Rob is like, he knows he fucked up, but he can yell at his uncle Edmure because everyone else treats his uncle Ed- Edmure like shit. True. Well, and we kind of talked about this in one other episode. I can't remember what it was, but there's also this sense of, you know, everybody's mad that Edmure didn't follow orders. But I mean, the way that the world works in Westeros, Edmure is not like Rob's general. Edmure is, you know, a Lord Paramount. He is basically the final word in the Riverlands, and it is his responsibility to, you know, see to them and defend them as he sees fit. So for him to act unilaterally in a military action against Tywin is completely reasonable unless he had been specifically told otherwise. And and the Blackfish and Rob are like, well, we told you just defend River Run. It's like, well, I mean, that's a pretty vague thing to say. <laughs> I mean, you know, like... Well- and I mean, Catelyn is interpreting it as like, even though it seems like Edmure has been, like you say, functionally the Lord Paramount and the the Lord of, you know, the house for a very long time as her father's been dying. She isn't willing to admit that yet. And it probably the Blackfish is probably in a similar fashion, although mm. less loyal to his brother. I would, well, not loyal, but... Well, uh, yeah, and I think it's so telling that, you know, everyone, all of the retainers of the house are completely deferring to Edmure on everything. Because Mm -hmm. it's like, yes, Hoster's technically still alive, but clearly Edmure's about to inherit. You know, he will be in, in, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, what weeks, days. Well, and and I mean, later on, when um, Jamie brokers the deal, part of the reason why Edmure agrees to it it's not just for his own child it's it's for the people in his that he rules right it's for you know it's for everyone he i mean jamie jamie forces edmure to make the same decision that jamie had to make which is his honor over doing the right thing because he knows that edmure's going to pick doing the right thing the right thing And I mean, so Jamie anyhow, knows how horrible of a, you know, Jamie of all people knows what a is. horrible choice he's asking him to make. So the upshot, though, from this thing where Edmure was not given the intelligence is because he held Tywin up. Tywin wasn't trapped and was able to get away and was able to, def- you know, to join um, the fight to defeat Stannis. So now they've got both the Lannisters and the Tyrells heading their way. And uh, Catelyn would like him to go back to the north and take that back. And Rob is like, he can't do that. And uh, there's actually, there's an interesting bit, which is probably what has fueled all of the very many, many Rob and Marjorie fanfics where Catelyn regrets, (laughs) you know, why Rob, if he had to go fall in love and get married to someone he wasn't betrothed to, why it couldn't have been someone like Marjorie? Um, You know, I do ship it, actually. Um, but anyhow, Rob is, Rob understands what she's saying about taking back the North, but he says he can't do that. And he's got to be able to win the phrase back with something. And then Catelyn is like, not something, someone. Hmm. And then you get the overwhelming feeling of dread. Which I thought was interesting because I I never really realized that she was, you know, thinking of a marriage pact too. You know, like I always sort of thought it was the phrase kind of initiating it, but obviously she's thinking of it too. I don't know if she's strictly thinking of Edmure or she's, you know, even thinking of herself at this point. You know, she's single. And she is fertile still. I was kind of surprised Uh. that actually she wasn't like thrown under the bus to go you know, get married. Well, off I think to- she could quite rightly look at Edmure and go, Hey, look, I already took the hit once. It's your turn, bro. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, well, I, yeah, I, I mean, but they're I mean, not making Edmure marry a fray is like the least unreasonable thing they ask of him, you know, like oh, that yeah, makes yeah. one perfect sense. I, I guess, I mean, I, I'm surprised that Rob or someone else didn't say, Hey, you not only get Edmure, how about you can get, you know, Lady Stark too. <laughs> and Could you imagine, ugh. I mean, at least Walder is married. Plus, I think she's probably yeah, too he old was for married, him. Yeah, and you know, she's a bit oh, long in the tooth for him. But you know, <laughs> I'm sure there was, I'm sure there was some phrase 
Or, you know, is Titus Blackwood married? I mean, it doesn't really seem, you know, seem like yeah, but he is. That... But, I mean, that's not particularly as strategic as, you know, getting a fray. Or, hell, oh, you know, yeah, Balon okay. Greyjoy. I guess, though, he's got a wife. But, you know, yeah. there's all sorts well, of Well, I mean, oh, let's not forget that later on <laughs> oh. in the Storm of Swords, um, Ty, uh, Tywin has got ideas for Cersei. And the one option is Willis and the other one is Balon because his wife is sick and <laughs> like to die. And, and Cersei, like, of course, is happy. not exactly thrilled with either of those <laughs> options. Um, oh, God. Cersei and Balon there's a match made in hell. Oh. That, that could be, be like a really, truly awesome fanfic. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know you, you want to read that, don't you? Oh, um, God. But I mean, if if that's the case, I mean, there's nothing to say, you know, why could it? But I mean, if you're trying to appease the phrase, you don't want to be marrying off somebody like Catelyn to one of the other. You, oh, right. you want to be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's so many. The problem is he's got all these people yeah. he's got to get spouses for. There's so many phrases. There ego. has to be, you know, there has to be one that would have suited, you know, Cat with age and circumstance. You know, like, obviously there would be someone that would. You know, because yeah. Kat, I mean, you know, technically speaking, they're, at this point, they might also be the heirs to Harrenhal. If, oh, this is true. If the Wentz, you know, if the last Wentz gone, then technically. So, I mean, she has some, you know, inheritance of her own there, too. So, but that is how the chapter ends. I don't know if anyone has any uh-huh. other thoughts. I just want to confess that I like Sybil Spicer. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? No, that is a controversial position. I mean, I think yeah. you know if she's the prologue POV at the start of Winds. I mean, I think that'd be fantastic. I think she seems you know, especially so knowing fun. that you know we think Maggie the Frog is like her grandma and stuff. I mean, there's some you know, there's some interesting now, things going on. Yeah, I just like salty ladies, and I also always like to play the devil's advocate, and I, and I feel like she's the cat on the other side, like. She woke up and her stupid daughter just decided that that was a good plan. And I would just be oh. like, you- I, I don't know. that she threw her daughter at Yeah. Rob. I think but they you looked don't at throw the situation. And then, tr- like, pump her full of moon tea. It's just like th- those two are contra- contradictory actions. I think they looked at it like this way they lost their home, right? So Rob's in charge. The North can take their land and do whatever. Well, maybe they did it, yeah, just to like butter him up so he wouldn't. But kill I mean, him. like, yeah, but marry. Kevin him, talks like, not about seducing later him, on like, the marriage. But I mean, they're like jumped up. They're like, I guess, the trade of Westeros. You know, they've got Sybil yeah. Spicer. Her name comes because her family sold spices. Mm-hmm. So, like, Kevin had talked at one point to Tyrion about marrying off one of his kids, like Lancel or something to Jane, but you know, she sold cloves or whatever. So it's not like they've got a bunch of marriageable options. Right, and I think so. You know, Jamie well, interprets- I don't know that that's the case because the know. Westerlings have plenty of prestige. It's just the Spicers. Right. It's, it's right. just the mother who doesn't really. But so I, I think mean- Jane would have been probably fine. It's just, you know, you can see how small their house is. The fact that, you know, she comes with only 50 swords. I mean, it's but just But I guess a small what I'm house. saying is, is they probably don't have tons of people knocking down the door. Their castle's been taken. Right. But I mean, there's, there's this been young hot guy. Throw him yeah. in there, seduce him. And then they still have, she's playing both ends against the middle. I mean. Well, and then she, well what I, I will guess. say, what I, I will know, say I'm, for Sybil Spicer. For oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, as a bannerman for Tywin, I mean, I've heard the reigns of Castamere. Yeah. There's no way True. I would just be, like, fucking around of, like, trying to double-cross him in well, some weird, like... Because whatever you've heard, there's, I don't think... Because people kept being surprised that Rob won. So it's not as if it's ever at any point, like, this huge thing of, like, oh, yeah, the odds are totally on, in his favor... So if I live in the Westerlands, I would not even try. Right, and this is after like, Blackwater, Rob, so maybe, yeah, seduce Rob, well, maybe, but get married and like actually mingle and be like, oh yeah, we're in this together. Like, no. Well, yeah, you but have I to mean, keep in mind though, this is a house that was in a pretty rough position because um, Gawain, who is Jane's father, was already held captive. He'd already been captured in the war, so. 
Sybil was really in charge of the castle when Rob took it. So mm-hmm. she was kind of on her own to act unilaterally. So, you know, she may have not felt herself in any sort of strong position. And that may be why she was trying. Well, and maybe the eat. love potion thing is what happened, you know, like the. Oh, no, I, I uh, here's like she's going to protect. She's going to protect Jane. Rob so Jane would, doesn't get pregnant. She's going to get marriages for all her kids. I mean, the thing is, there's no question. Rob was put in Jane's room in Jane's bed. Yeah, and then intentionally go tend to him alone, which is not something that anyone who has marriageable children would do. <laughs> if they would, Unless didn't. you, you didn't have an end game here. I mean, you don't do that. So, so basically she was a honey trap. I think so. She oh my God. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that Jane knew anything about it. I think that no. Jane is completely out of the loop. I think it was. I just think Jane sim- is what you see is what you get. Exactly. I think she's a sweet girl with childbearing hips and a heart shaped <laughs> face and all the lovely brown hair. Like, I think that's who Jane hot, is. Sexy I, King is in her bed and crying and. You well, know, she's my brother just died because that's when he got the news about right. Bran and Rickon, and right. he would so have this, needed comforting. Right. No, I mean genuinely all wounded right. and all like he's right. manly and, like, and sad. He's like it's not Lady like Catnip. He's, yeah, clasp him to your bosom, Jane. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think Chicky's right. You don't send your young marriageable daughter into the you know you know. The, the man's room unless you have a plan here. I and mean, that's a good point. Like, I dumb. Seduction, I could see that as a plan, but the marriage part is the part that uh, I don't think she But then, But, you know, if they on. were just after seduction to have Rob go easy on him, then why didn't Sybil just go in there? Like, she's yeah, a good-looking woman. Like, <laughs> that would have been, you know, oh, that would have made a lot more sense. God. Like, instead yeah, of no, sacrificing her daughter. If that was the game plan, just to get it, you know, to go easy, I think they were. They would have sent Sybil. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I agree, Joy. I, I would uh, not think that they would expect Rob to offer marriage because it's not really what you would expect. I think she probably just, I think it was Sybil's idea. I think she's like, <laughs> you know, this way I'll cover our bases. And then when it turned to marriage, I think she just, you know, was like, okay, well, then I can definitely use this to get favor with Tywin. And that's exactly I'm what sure she, she was in yeah. utter panic, though, too, you know, like. Yeah, well, holy shit, yeah, we're maybe. fucked, you know, like, we well, just, I mean, just like, I think she Lannisters. just kind of was playing both sides, right? Yeah. I mean, she seems smart, if nothing else. And like, Jamie reads her as very bright. Oh, I mean, yeah. He doesn't like her, but he reads her as bright. And, you know, the funny thing is, Jamie seems to like her husband. He knows her husband mm-hmm. and seems to like yeah, him. And he so. likes Jane. And, you know, he's. Yeah. And well, he likes yeah. Jane. And let's be fair. I mean, she seems to have raised pretty decent kids. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know. Somehow or another, she managed to raise pretty decent kids. Well, I mean, I'm sure there are people, I mean, I could see, I mean, we're saying this because we're on the other side of the situation. I mean, but I think there's something to seeing her as, God help me, a shadow cat, if you will. Yeah. (laughs) No, I, I, I mean, like, like I'm saying, you know, the, the, the final defense of her family fell to her. She, you know, she's the one Mm -hmm. who, you know, she was, the buck stopped with Sybil. So, you can understand why she, you know, got super, you know, smart and schemed something here. I mean, like she was just trying to protect all of her bases, I would imagine. That and doesn't mean she needed to keep giving Jane the moon tea and all that stuff oh, that, that you know we suspect thing. she did. Um, yeah, or to you know, she didn't. Or she didn't it's like she, did. you know, it sort of becomes a fait accompli, and she's like, okay, how do I salvage this? And you yeah, know, align with Taiwan is how she sal- salvages this, but. I mean, when you consider what we see happen to a lot of other houses in a similar situation and what happens to their women folk and their families, I mean, honestly, you know, being married off to the king ain't so bad. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts? Oh, God, it just gets worse. Every <laughs> damn week. And then there's that whole thing about living for vengeance. It's like, yep, can we have seen oh. it now? All the little foreshadowing I totally missed first time around. <laughs> All right. Um, do we have any mail? Yep, we do have one iTunes review um, from Sir Fireball. And it's called Y'all Make My Day. And they give us five stars. After listening to dozens of A Song of Ice and Fire Game of Thrones podcasts, um, YouTube shows, I have to say podcasts because that's how they spelled it, um, 
You ladies are undeniably one of the best. I love the fact that you focus on two characters, yet give an expansive critique and analysis of the entire universe. I also appreciate the fact that you appreciate the craft that is George's writing and do not let the glitzy fan pandering of the show sweep you away like so many others. <laughs> listening to your podcast reminds me of listening to old friends. It's engaging and puts a smile on my face when I'm not always feeling my greatest. Thank you for continuing this great podcast. P.S. I'll donate if you do a drunk cast while taking fireball shots. God. <laughs> oh, man, I've had I've had my fireball night. I don't know about you guys. I've never had one of those. <laughs> I've I will only say done that one shot. being the name Sir Fireball, of course, reminds me of Sir Glendon Ball, who, you know, I love and Aww. desperately want. As much as I want wins, I really want another Dunkin' Egg so I can see, you know, you what happened with Sir mouth. Glendon. I want, I want them both. Like, can I have both? Or you know, curses upon you. No, I know, I know. I Don't can't worry. have either. I'll start another project, and there'll be another couple books of a totally different series that we'll fall in love with, and then we'll have to wait years for a sequel. It'll happen. Oh, great! All right, so please support our podcast and become a Patreon. You'll and you know benefit. what? You know what? We should tell Fireball. We do have a thing for patrons where you can actually pay. To control the content of an episode. So that is an option if you want to do it. It, it is. I forget what it is. I think you have to pay. You have to like pledge a $50 one time. Thing, but you can actually dictate like an ep- episode to, to us if you want. There you go. Yeah. I mean, we could Flaming probably make cocktails. a good cocktail out of it, you know. <laughs> oh, God. No, I think we'd have to do the shots. <laughs> well, so service Fireball or anyone else, please support our podcast. <laughs> If, wait a second, um, wait a second. If Fireball's being involved, count me in. I love that stuff. <coughs> okay, then. You're going to remember that one. Yeah, not write it down, someone. And in addition to forcing us to drink cocktails and controlling the content, there are other benefits like exclusive early access to new episodes and special episodes. Please listen and review us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, and all the places you listen to podcasts. You can send us mail. And find us on Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, and email at us ah and email us at close the door and at gmail.com. I would like to thank our panel and thank you for listening. I'm closing the door. Get out.